Headlines claim there will be a blood moon on election day. Is this prophetic? The assassination of Yitzhak Rabin. The anti-Semitic United Nations. Why the massive push for electric vehicles? Is it all about control? The real reason behind the global warming climate change scare tactics. There's much more in the news and we'll analyze these events and more while taking your calls on this open line edition of End of the Age. Good afternoon, everybody. I'm Dave Robbins with End Time Ministries. Thank you so much for joining me on this edition of End of the Age. I will be taking the calls today. Number to reach me, 1-877-363-8463. I look forward to the calls today. But before we get there, I have to say something about my father-in-law, my late father-in-law, Irvin Baxter. Uh, Yesterday marked the two-year uh, I, I guess it's an anniversary to the passing of Urban Baxter, November 3rd on Election Day, November 3rd, 2020. And I know Vince and Doug did a uh, kind of like a, a tribute to him yesterday, but I had to say something on the air today because without Urban Baxter, I wouldn't be here. And why am I bringing this up on the radio? Well, Urban Baxter... I know we're getting all kinds of new listeners and things like that all the time, but if you were never able to meet or to hear from Irvin Baxter, he affected so many people's lives around the world, and he affected my life. I was, my mother got in his church when I was nine years old. I was raised in his church. I married his daughter, Jana, when I was 20, and she was 18. And then he was my father-in-law for 32 years. So, yeah, I knew a little bit about Irvin Baxter. I knew Irvin Baxter before there was ever an end-time ministries, believe it or not. Back in the, you know, 70s and 80s. We didn't start really, start end-time until between 86 and 90 in there when he wrote his first book and started the magazine, different things. However, just wanted to recognize him today because very, very important figure in my life and in a lot of people's lives. And I know that this life really, if you think about it, it's not about money, it's not about things, it's not about land and property and getting stuff. This life you will find, if you understand this life at all, And it's really the thesis of the Bible. It is about your relationship with God and your relationship with your fellow man. That's what life is really all about. Your relationship with your family and your kids and it's relationships. And how did this person influence my life? What did they do to influence my life? You know, where am I headed? What's going on? What's the real meaning behind all of this? Number one, my relationship with God. 
Number two, the relationships that I form along the way with my fellow man. And Irvin Baxter was an individual that developed a relationship with, oh man, millions of people around the world. And I just wanted to recognize him today before we got off into the Q&A and the calls and different things that he was influential in my life personally in one of the most influential people I've ever met in getting me ready for eternity. I owe him a debt I could never repay. Now, he didn't save me, obviously. No way possible. Only Jesus Christ. But I still owe Irvin Baxter a debt because he loved me when I was unlovable. He, sh- he showed me mercy when I didn't deserve it and taught me the gospel of the kingdom of God, prepared me for eternity. And so I told him at his 75th birthday party that we had for him, I spoke at that. Just uh, he, That was in July. He died in November. I told him, I said, there will be a few people that I look up when I get to heaven. And obviously, after worshiping the Lord for, you know, who knows how long. But I will look up Irvin Baxter and say thank you because you were influential in getting me here. And I, 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 I owe him so much. And this ministry, he was a God-called minister. God called him into prophecy in his late teens, early 20s. Started revealing these prophecies to him. And I recognized that. And we, myself, Doug, Vince, and perhaps whoever else comes on the air with us at some point, as God allows... We will never, ever, I'm committing this to you, we will never, ever move off of what Irvin Baxter taught and the prophecies that, the the interpretation to these prophecies that God gave him. I've watched over the years, decades now, and what he taught was right. God miraculously gave him these things. And I'm very thankful for that. And we can hold to these things and know that what we're teaching in the near future is the absolute truth. Not because we're super smart or anything like that, smarter than anybody else. But it's a God thing. God told Daniel, close up and seal your book is for the people of the time of the end. The Bible talks many places in prophecy about let him that hath understanding. We can understand the prophecies of the Bible. And I'm very thankful that God chose Irvin Baxter to reveal many of those prophecies to And that's what we teach on our programs every day. I know we get caught up in geopolitical situations and climate change and all these other things, electric cars and everything. However, it's very important that we understand when all is said and done that this life and this program is really about our relationships. It's relationship building. Is End Time Ministries, is the End of the Age program preparing me for eternity? Or is it just another news program? I don't want it to be that. I want it to be an influential program that shows you how close we are to the end time. Yes, we do have to talk about all these news things. But beyond all that, are we helping to prepare you 
for the soon coming of Jesus Christ when He will establish His kingdom here on the earth and to spend eternity with Him. If we can be influential in your life in that part, then we will have been a smashing success. And so thank you for following us all these years. I know we've got people that have followed us since we went on the radio in 98. And people that call me and say, Hey, I've got your first magazine from 1991. Over 30 years ago, we've been, we've been putting out that magazine for 30 plus years now. And so I want to say thank you and pay tribute to Urban Baxter. Two years gone, but certainly never ever forgotten because he was influential in so many of our lives. Satan and the elites of this world don't want you to understand the timeline leading to the second coming of Jesus. You can pinpoint where we are in the end time, understand how you fit in, and be filled with hope in God's plan by watching the future according to Bible prophecy. Go to endtime.com future or call 800 endtime That's 800-363-8463. Hi, I'm Judy Baxter. When Irvin and I got married, we didn't realize that our calling would be a prophetic ministry. Since we started End Time Ministries, there have been many times we weren't sure how we would pay the bills, but God has always provided. We started with the magazine, then went on radio and TV, and now we have the Jerusalem Prophecy College in Israel and online and End of the Age Plus. The mission has always been to reach people with the gospel of Jesus Christ and the end time message. Through the years, my husband would say, we will see revival like never before in the last days. We are living in the end time now. Thank you for walking this journey with us and continuing in prayer. You are a part of the team. Thank you for your generous support. It is necessary for God's purpose. The most important thing is that you are ready when the Lord comes. Our hope is to help prepare you for that day. God bless you, and we love you. What if you could understand Bible prophecy? Dave Robbins, the host of the End of the Age television and radio programs, is holding a free prophecy conference near you. Gain peace and understanding about what the Bible says concerning end-time prophecy. Call 1-800-END-TIME or visit endtime.com slash events for more information. Well, welcome back, everybody. And I'm going to take a call real quick. And then, and then if I don't get any more calls, believe it or not, I've got one caller. So I've got some open lines, one 363 and then we'll go into some of the stories. This blood moon on election day, is that prophetic? We'll talk about it and many different things. So let's go to Eugene in New York. And God bless you, Eugene. Welcome to End of the Age. Hello, Dave. How are you doing today? I am tremendous. How are you? Great. I want to comment, I would like to comment on the article we had in End Time magazine. Yeah. Uh, back in the last few pages, okay. The um, Mark of the Beast. Yes. How Elon Musk is going to make the 60 phone obsolete. Mm-hmm. Or you know how we're going to do it? How's that? He is going to 
drill a hole in your head by using a robot. Right. And then stick a brain chip in it. Yeah, no, so I've heard he's wanting to do that, certainly. Yes. All right, yeah. That, but that, if you go on a, uh, I went on my phone, I looked it up. Um, they show you a picture of the brain chip machine. Yeah. And a picture of, a small capture picture of what the brain looks like. Before the chip is inserted, it's in the head. Okay. It's amazing. Yeah. It's amazing. I can't see that happening, though. Can you see it now? People were talking to themselves. You're wondering why. This guy, Coco, or what? You know? Actually, he has a bench chip in his head. Yeah. There yeah. are a lot of people who are into transhumanism and a lot of different things and connecting humans to AI and technology and everything. And I'm, I, would, I wouldn't do that stuff for a, a million dollars. However, there are people who are into doing that, This people putting chips in their hands and everything. Had they knew something about Bible prophecy, they would never do anything like that. Um, so I, I understand what you're saying, Eugene, and, and it is a remarkable technology if you were looking at it from a secular standpoint and maybe look at some of the benefits, I simply believe that the God-given human brain is all we need. If God thought we would have need to connect them to machines, hey, um, you know, I, I just, I don't see that scripturally. Uh, a machine can't receive the Holy Ghost. A machine can't be born again. A machine is simply a machine and they're made to help facilitate our life here on the earth. That's why I look at it. And so anyway, some of these people have these great expectations and a lot of different dreams and visions, and Elon Musk is one of them. However, I look at it from a biblical perspective. How can I get people to heaven? And putting things, chips and different things in people's head, now I'm not going to have anything to do with that because the Bible says in Revelation chapter 13, verse 16 through 18, the Antichrist will give everybody their own unique identification number, a mark in their right hand or in their forehead, without which they're going to be able to buy or sell. So would I have anything to do with putting a mark of identification anywhere on my person? No, it's never going to happen. And so that's the way I look at these types of things. And that's why we put it in our uh, world review section of our magazine, because um, it's exactly what Elon Musk is looking at doing in the near future. So... Uh, I do want to thank you for your call, Eugene. God bless you, my friend. Um, let's go to Dora in Connecticut. God bless Dora. Welcome to End of the Age. Hi, Dave. Thanks so much for taking my call. Absolutely. And I just want to say I really love Irvin. Um, he just taught me everything. And so I'm right. passing it along, being prepared for the end. Absolutely. Time. So my question is... Um, I think I heard him talking about, or I, I was at a conference once, saw him in person, and I said, is the Antichrist, uh, is he coming from Germany? And then he's like, mm. he didn't say yay or nay, but he's basically no. Mm. And so anyway, I, I heard somewhere that he was uh, Mac, Emmanuel Macron from France, and I think I heard it from you all somewhere. Right. So I don't, I don't know whether you want to, how you want to 
Yeah. Well, anyway, can you talk about yeah, that? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, number one, we, we, myself, Doug, Vince, have never said that uh, that Emmanuel Macron was the Antichrist. We speculate, mm-hmm. certainly, right, uh, but do not take um, a position on who he is at this point. He he will not be revealed now. I, I will tell you, there are a lot of people speculating. <laughs> um, a lot of people in the news, I get, you would not believe how many videos and articles and things that I've gotten about people speculating, hey, so-and-so is the Antichrist. This person, this Jewish person, this person from Europe or Middle East or wherever. The thing is, is all we can do at this point is speculate. Nobody on the planet, and I can say this um, with an assurity, nobody on the planet knows who the Antichrist is. He, the Bible says he is revealed at an event. This is 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 3-4. through 4. He is revealed at an event called the abomination of desolation when he stands in a rebuilt Jewish temple and proclaims yeah. to be God at that point. That's when the Antichrist is revealed. We will have an idea who it is because he will be involved in the... I mean, think about it. When you look at the end time scenario, there's going to be a world war. There's going to be a peace agreement that starts the final seven years to the second coming in the Battle of Armageddon. The Antichrist will be involved in getting that peace agreement across the finish line. Also, on the heels of a world war, World War III, that will be the entrance ramp for the Antichrist. So we're going to watch this. There's going to be a peace agreement. The Antichrist will be one of the politicians involved in that. Then he will become part of the leader of that world governing body. And by the time that abomination of desolation scenario gets here three and a half years later, he's going to be the head of the world government. So we're going to have a very, very good idea who that individual is. However, because of the prophecies of the Bible, I will not be able to say so-and-so is the Antichrist until he stands in a rebuilt Jewish temple proclaiming to be God Mm -hmm. about the time the Bible says he will and at that point, I can come on the radio and say, so-and-so is the Antichrist. Also, so how, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. How is, he, how is he in the entrance ramp to World War III? Because I think that's the next thing on the timeline. So, so how the, is he the... Yeah, the, the World War III will be the entrance ramp for the Antichrist. How so? Yeah, be, well, because if you understand in the mind of the international community, the answer to world war is world government. After World War I, it was the League of Nations. After World War II, it was the United Nations. Well, the United Nations has... With this, look at this Ukraine-Russia situation. When Russia invaded Ukraine, the United Nations, which was really... They was, it was sold to us as an organization who would keep World War from ever happening again. But yeah, they have I, been... I they, you. I, I'm, I'm sorry to interrupt and depress yeah. you, but how is the Antichrist going to be right well so that's that's the thing is right now they are they are they're powerless to stop a world war so guess what's coming the bible says another world war is coming on the heels of that world war it the the nations will be willing to yield up their sovereignty to a fully functioning world governing body at that point and that will be what the antichrist eventually usurps authority over to run okay. the world. Until that fully functioning world governing body is in place, the Antichrist will have no world government to run. And so the, the, on the heels of World War III, 
that will be the entrance ramp for the Antichrist to come on the scene. Because on the heels of World War III, it looks like that the international community will look at Israel and say, okay, you guys are going to sign a peace agreement whether you want to or not. We're done playing with you. The Antichrist will be involved in getting that peace agreement across the finish line. Right. That starts the final seven years. That's when we're moving into a fully functioning world governing body. Three and a half years after that peace agreement signed is when the Antichrist will stand in the temple, proclaim to be God. So there's okay. got to be a, a quantum shift in the world. Mm-hmm. And it looks like scripturally that's going to be World War III when one-third of the world's population is destroyed. That's, right. when, that's what will make the nations of the world yield up their sovereignty. That's what the world government wants right now. But they right. don't, they've come up with, you know, um, Klaus Schwab with the World Economic Forum. He's talking about a, world, a great reset. But so the, the, he's the, going to be talking about peace. He's going to be talking about peace. So he's going to be maybe heading... Heading the European Union or something like that? You mean Klaus Schwab? Or, no, the, no, or the no. Antichrist? No. After World War III, people are going to be wanting peace. Exactly. And so the Antichrist is going to be talking about he's, that he can deliver peace and that he's going to probably be the head of the uh, European Union or the head of... So he, like he will be the most powerful political leader in the European Union. Right. And because right, it's going to be the revived Holy Roman Empire. And also, think about this, Dora... He will be the one that is influential in getting the Israeli-Palestinian peace deal, which nobody else has been successful in doing. He will be influential in getting that thing across the finish line, a peace agreement. So the whole world is going to think, well, oh my goodness, this guy is Mr. Peace personified. Okay, got it. And then we move into the final seven years. He will eventually Mm -hmm. lead the world governing body. And when he stands in that rebuilt Jewish temple proclaiming to be God... That is when we will know he is the Antichrist. And so okay. that's the end time scenario, and um, that's how it looks like it's going to play out. Thank you, Dave. I know that God wants his people informed. He doesn't want us to be like the unbelievers that don't know what's going on, you know? Absolutely. Can, yeah. Yep. You guys are awesome. Well, thank, thank you, you very much. <laughs> Actually, the Bible is awesome, and we're just helping to interpret that. And Irvin was awesome. Yeah, he was. I mean, there's no I mean, doubt. Uh, mm-hmm. God re- started revealing these things to him years ago, and uh, it was it was miraculous. If you've ever seen our old uh, understand the end time or some of the things that he put together, he goes through miracles, miraculous ways that yeah. God showed him the interpretations to mm-hmm. these prophecies, and it was. I mean, God would wake him up in the middle of the night. Or in the morning and say, hey, go buy a paper. Right. And he, and he would go buy the paper. He was trying to figure, for instance, he was trying to figure out who Germany was. The, who the, I'm sorry, who mm-hmm. the leopard was in uh, yeah. the Bible. And God woke him up in the middle, in the morning and said, hey, he was in Melville, Louisiana. Go down and buy a paper. And Melville, right. Louisiana, I mean, if you, back then if you blinked your eyes, you were through there. It was nothing there. Mm-hmm. He went down to the cafe, bought a paper. That morning, that morning, when he was trying to figure this stuff out, in the Bible, uh, the uh, paper said Germany sells uh, leopard tanks to the Netherlands. And my father-in-law was like, "God, are you trying to tell me that Germany's the <laughs> leopard?" And sure enough, wow. uh, after all this time, we've been able to document that. So it's very important that we understand, Dora, that Irvin Baxter was a uh, a a person that yielded his will to God's will, and God used him because of that, and that's why he influenced so many people. 
And that's what Doug, Vince, I, myself, our end time ministries team, is that we've simply yielded our will to God's will, and He's leading mm-hmm. and guiding us by His Spirit. We pray every day. Mm-hmm. We, we're seeking to do, do God's will, and that's why God has helped us to influence so many people's lives over all the years. It's simply God working in the earth. And that's why really people that follow us, they feel that when we say, hey, we love you guys, we're trying to get you to heaven, people actually realize that's exactly what we're trying to do. It's yeah. not a, it, this is not a money-making thing. Believe me. None of us are getting rich. Uh, we're, that's yeah. not what we're trying to do. We're trying to help people sincerely in my heart. That's what I'm trying mm-hmm. to do is to get people to heaven. That's all that matters, yeah. Dora. Yeah. And so that's what we're trying to do here. Mm-hmm. I would recommend that, that uh, CD series that you're talking about yeah. because I have it. and yeah. I, listen, I, I forget what it's called, but I actually have it. Yeah. And I've listened to it like two or three times. I'm yeah. going to listen to it again. But I would like highly recommend that. Yes. Well, so thank you for the plug because the original series was called Understanding the End Time. That's it. That's what I have. Yeah. And Irvin and I were going to start recording a new version of that Mm -hmm. uh, in January of 2021, and he passed in November of 2020. And so Uh I just got finished shooting that in August of this year, and we have a production company that is producing that right now, and we're hoping for it to be out either maybe by Christmas or just after the first of the year, a brand new 14-lesson DVD series updated and from when we went on television back in 2009, 2010. And yeah. so that'll be coming out here before very long, so everybody can look forward to that because it's an updated version. It's very cool. Mm-hmm. And um, so that's, uh, that's another plug for that. So thank you very much. Yeah. You're welcome. Thank you so much. All right. God bless you, my friend. And uh, everybody, we're going to be getting back to the phones here just after the break. I've only got about a minute here. So uh, another thing, some things that you can get a hold of that can help prepare you is um, Jerusalem Prophecy College. It's something you can go to and take an online college that we created years ago. And I promise it will take you from spiritual infancy to spiritual maturity very quickly. It'll get you up to speed on all the prophecies, and it goes through the other 70% of the Bible, understanding the Bible, keys to spiritual growth, life and teachings of Jesus Christ, Satan defeated, sonship restored, what, happened, what really happened in the Garden of Eden, and what happened at Calvary, how did Jesus Christ restore all of that. And so that's Jerusalem Prophecy College, the end of the age plus, which has a lot of the, has the material, a lot of the DVD material of the Jerusalem Prophecy College in it. It's a subscription base. A lot of these things, all of this is at endtime.com. Go there, check it out. And um, in an effort to help you guys get ready for what's coming in the near future and the second coming before very long. Whether it's a global pandemic, threat of war, or floundering economies, End-time events are happening around the world every day. How can you have peace in a world of such great uncertainty? With the End-Time Magazine subscription, you can gain a deeper understanding of current events and its prophesied repercussions. End-Time Magazine's exclusive content and prophetic insight allows you to understand where we are in the end-time. It will give you peace when horrific news and events happen. 
When you subscribe today to End Time Magazine for 12 months for just $19.99, you can have hope for the future because you will understand what the Bible says about the time we are living in. You'll get access to exclusive articles like the Prophesied American-Israeli Alliance, End Time Do's and Don'ts, and Could School Choice Save America? Subscribe for you or a friend right now. Go to endtime.com or call 1-800-END-TIME. That's 1-800-END-TIME. The symbols and prophecies within the book of Revelation have perplexed Christians and unbelievers around the world. In his final work, Revelation, the unveiling of Jesus Christ Part 2, the late Irvin Baxter unlocks the mystery of the book of Revelation with in-depth analysis and commentary like you've never heard before. These comprehensive study tools, available for $299, will deepen your biblical understanding. Don't miss this special offer. Call 1-800-END-TIME or go to endtime.com. If your station only carries the first 30 minutes of End of the Age, go to endtime.com and click the watch button to continue today's broadcast. You can also finish up later by clicking the archive button. Okay, welcome back, everybody. Now, <clears throat> I had a caller on just a moment ago that had a question about um, why do people say Yeshua instead of Jesus? People, some people are teaching that, that we should say Yeshua instead of Jesus. And uh, she, for some reason, she went off the line, but I want to answer her question. And I apologize I didn't get to you uh, as, as quickly as I could. However... Um, if you got a notepad, you might want to write this down because this is very important. You might come across this at some point. Oh, you shouldn't be saying Jesus. You should be saying Yeshua. So here's the explanation for that, okay? Yeshua and Jesus are the exact same word, okay? Yeshua is the Hebrew pronunciation and Jesus is the English pronunciation. So, for example, if a person's name is Yossi in Hebrew, it would be pronounced Joseph in English. It's the same word. If your name is Yehuda, we had a guide for years in Israel, his name was Yehuda. If your name's Yehuda in Hebrew, it would be pronounced Judah in English. And it happens because the the Hebrew language has no J and no V. A J becomes a Y when you move from English to Hebrew, and a V becomes a W when moving from English to Hebrew. So when moving from Hebrew to English, the reverse happens. Okay, this is why I wanted you to get a notepad. The reverse happens. The... That, that's why Jehovah in English is Yahweh. Okay? Jehovah in English, Yahweh. Uh, it's Yahweh in Hebrew. But it's the exact same word. And that's why Jesus is pronounced Yeshua in Hebrew. But it's the exact same word. So, if you're Hebrew, you would say Yeshua. If you're English, you would say Jesus. You're saying the same thing. It's just like in um, Spanish, you would say Jesus, but 
in English, you would say Jesus, okay? So you don't have, if somebody comes along and says, well, you have to say Yeshua, don't say Jesus. No, because I speak English and I say Jesus. If I was speaking Hebrew, I'd say Yeshua. If I was speaking Spanish, I'd say Jesus, okay? It just depends on what language you're speaking, but it's the same word. And so I, I wanted to make sure she got her question answered, and I do apologize for not getting to you, but um, that's the answer to your question. Why do people say Yeshua instead of Jesus? Some people just want to say the Hebrew word, okay? It's the exact same word. Okay, let's go to Arthur in Missouri. Arthur, God bless. Welcome to End of the Age. Oh, can you hear me okay? Yes, I can, sir. Oh, all right. Yeah, uh, I just want to make a comment. You know, I, I appreciate your work about uh, enlightening people that there's, you know, there's almost certainly not going to be a pre-tribulation rapture. But, yeah. you know, um, maybe maybe you could uh, talk about why, why I, I know most people are victims, you know, of the Schofield Bible yeah. uh, version of the King James. But, yeah. you know, it, it occurred to me uh you can comment on this that most people a lot of people believe God has allowed this you know incorrect teaching because um, because of the, if a, a lot of people just need to be scared straight because if they believe Jesus is coming at any time then they're not they're going to do a lot uh, they're not going to be so prone to sin so much you know I've heard some people say oh I oh I just hope uh, when the rapture comes you know I'm not doing some sin so Right. You want to you want to comment on that? You yeah. Know? Yeah. Absolutely. So, um, I guess the question would be why do why do so many on my mind uh, come back coming back to you would be why do so many people believe in a pre-tribulation rapture? And <clears throat> so, having studied this all these years, most people hold to a traditional belief because let's just face it, Arthur. There's not one scripture in the Bible that says the rapture when Jesus Christ returns and sends His angels with the sound of a trump to gather the elect from the earth. There's not one scripture in the Bible. That's the rapture. There's not one scripture in the Bible, not one, that says that event occurs prior to the uh, Great Tribulation. So, why do people teach that? Well, it's a traditional teaching. And a lot of it goes back, some goes back to the Schofield Bible. A lot of the people that I know and that I've had to deal with over the years on the phone goes back to Clarence Larkin and his book, Dispensational Truth, in the early 1900s. I have a copy of it. Irvin Baxter had a copy of it for years. And it, he taught that there was a pre-tribulation rapture and that... Um, the Lord would come back prior to the tribulation and rapture the church out of here. Now, that book, the Dispensational Truth book, went into a lot of the Bible colleges, seminaries, all these different things, and was taught as a as fact rather than this guy's opinion. And so I have, a, I have friends that believe in Clarence Larkin's Dispensational Truth book um, but the fact is, they simply, it's a traditional teaching. Their dad, their grandpa learned that in college, the Bible college somewhere, and then their dad taught it, and then they taught it, and they simply don't know how to explain it, and so they just, that's what they teach because that's what they were always taught. It, it's a traditional teaching. Do I love them? Absolutely. Can they be saved? Absolutely. But they just don't understand that portion of 
prophecy. They're still great people. Many of them pastor churches. They pastor great successful churches. But they don't understand the timing of the rapture. It's not a salvation issue. And I honestly don't talk about it as much as I used to. However, to answer your question, it is a traditional teaching and it is a feel-good message. A lot of right. people, a lot of pastors don't want to talk about any, uh, a, a, um, you know, to get their church scared or something like that. So this is a feel-good. Hey, the Lord's going to rapture us all out of here and we're not going to have to go through any of the tribulation. Well, the Bible doesn't teach that. And the, the Bible teaches that the Antichrist made war with the saints, that, um, you know, that the greatest time of revival the world's ever known, that many people would be saved during the tribulation period. But people would say, well, hold on a minute, Dave, that's rapture saints and those are the tribulation saints. There's no difference. There's only one bride, there's only one church, and there will be people that are saved during the tribulation period, but there will also be people that are persecuted. That's just the facts of what the Bible teaches, and you know, people will understand that. I, it's really time will tell before very long, Arthur. And so, um, from my perspective, from what I've seen over all the years, it's simply a traditional teaching. To some people, it's a feel-good teaching, kind of like also, also, almost the prosperity uh, movement where they're saying, hey, if God loves you and He favors you, you'll have four cars in the garage and you'll have a giant bank account. Well, that's not Christianity at all. Um, and so if God can love you and you be saved and be living, living under a bridge somewhere... The amount of money you have, that makes no difference to God. And so it's all a traditional teaching. Do I love them people? Absolutely. I've got great friends. I've got family members that believe in a pre-trib, but um, they simply don't understand that portion of prophecy. Yeah, that's an interesting phrase. Yeah, feel-good theology. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. Well, the Bible says we're not appointed unto the wrath of God. So a lot of people use that verse to teach a pre-tribulation rapture. However, the great tribulation is not the wrath of God. The great tribulation is the wrath of Satan, Revelation 12. When he's bound to the earth, the Bible says he comes down having great wrath and he persecutes Israel and those that have the testimony of Jesus Christ, which is the church for three and a half years. And so that's the great... The great tribulation is the wrath of Satan, not the wrath of God. The wrath of God is the seven vials of the wrath of God that's poured out in Revelation 16. And so, um, yeah, it's just very, very important. And so, just wanted to make sure I got your question answered. I'm going to have to let you go, Arthur, because I got some background noise. I can't hear you. Sorry about that. But I want to say God bless you. And um, again, for everybody else out there that believes in a pre-trib, post-trib, mid-trib, whatever, it's not a salvation issue. It is a traditional teaching it is, for some people, it's a feel-good message, but it's not a salvation issue. Be born again. Just be ready. That's the main thing. Because honestly, the, not, none of us, nobody listening to me, myself included, none of us are promised tomorrow morning. So I have to be ready to go at all times, right? And so I just want to make sure that you understand um, what our position is. Yes, I do believe in a post-tribulation rapture, but I'm trying to get people ready today because things happen all the time. Uh, Disease, car wrecks, accidents. I mean, and nobody's promised that, hey, you'll make it till the rapture whenever it happens. 
The Bible says this is the day of salvation. So I want to make sure you're ready at all times because no, nobody is even promised tomorrow. Okay? Now, let's go to Dan in Missouri. God bless Dan. Welcome to End of the Age. How are you, Dave? I'm doing tremendous. How are you doing, my friend? I'm good. A while back, a guy called in. He was talking about uh, Urban's book, China Wars and Third Temple, and I had been pondering some thoughts about that. Yeah. He stole my fire. But now something news came up. There's a, this is, uh, I read an article about shopping cart technology that they've been testing. Walmart was one of the stores mentioned, and there were other stores mentioned. Yeah. Where as you're putting things in the cart, it's scanning them and make, keeping a run in total. Yeah. In China Wars in the Third Temple, there's a section where after this guy had, had gotten the mark, he goes to the store and he's putting things in the cart. And after he gets his cart all filled up, he's just walking toward the door. And you think, it sounds like he's stealing this, you know? Yeah. And then all of a sudden, the manager's running to him. Sir, sir, sir. And he gets to him. He says, you forgot your receipt. Just gave me his receipt. Yeah. It's a, it's a, and it just, it just strikes me, the vision that Urban must have had. Yeah. The only thing that's missing for that technology to work, is, and this isn't in the article, this is my the precursor stuff, yeah. is having people have a chip in their hand where it can actually collect your money. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. But it is in the testing stage, and I think it's kind of important to pay attention to, and I think Channel Wars and Third Temple would be great back in publication. Yeah. So I remember back- when Urban... Yeah. When I, first, when I first started listening to Politics and Religion, Urban was promoting that book, and it the factional fictional book. Yeah. Well, a lot of the fictional is really becoming factional right now. Right, right. And, I mean, when I got it, I couldn't stop reading. I couldn't put it down. It's a great book. Yeah. So I want to promote that a little bit. And I also want to promote one more thing. You talk a lot about the, uh, all, all, the, all the resources there are on NVH Plus, and they're great. The thing that has done me the most good, and I'm slow about it. I'm only I'm working on the sixth semester right now. Yeah. But uh, the Jerusalem Prophecy College yeah. is really, even after all of these years of following in time, politics and religion, it's really helping me understand a lot more than I ever did. Yes. Yep. So just wanted to promote a couple things. Uh, well, thank you very much, Dan. And the thing is, I'll be honest with you, Dan. I have taught hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of Bible studies using the Understanding the End Time DVD series and many of the Understanding the Bible series and many of the different things. And every single time I go through one of them, I get something new out of it, a new thought, a new angle that I can come out on the radio or write an article on because it's never ending. I'm telling you, those are some of the most greatest resources that I know of that you can get your hands on. So... Thank you much, Dan, for the call. God bless you, my friend. Have a great weekend. I've been part of the End Time family from the beginning over 30 years ago when my parents, Irvin and Judy Baxter, began ministry from the recliner in our living room. My name is Jana Robbins. I have the pleasure of connecting with our incredible partners every day. End Time is a small nonprofit that runs a high-traffic website, a daily TV and radio show, the Prophecy College in Jerusalem, and more. Although we have less than 30 team members, we are able to serve tens of millions of people each month. 
We survive on the goodness of God and donations averaging about $50. If everyone hearing this message gave $22, our financial needs would be met for the year. If you only give to one cause per month, please consider partnering with End Time to help get the message of our soon coming King out to the world. Call us at 1-800-END-TIME to give today or go to endtime.com to become a monthly or one-time partner. Well, welcome back, everybody. And I'm, I've got a couple, couple lines open here. I should be able to get to everybody before the end of the program. And again, the number to reach me, 877-363-8463. And I want to say one more thing about what Dan said. The End of the Age Plus uh, platform that we have been censored so much here at End Time, a lot of our information couldn't get out. YouTube and Facebook, and I mean, we were just getting censored so heavily they demonetized so many of our videos and our lessons and different things that we chose to offer everything that we have plus some new things. This End Time Prophecy Weekend that will happen this weekend will be available, available to our End of the Age Plus subscribers. A lot of different things. A lot of new materials coming out very soon. And so End of the Age Plus. Go to endtime.com. You can subscribe there. Also, the Jerusalem Prophecy College. It's at jerusalemprophecycollege.com. And it's a place that you can go to to subscribe. Each semester, I think, it's like $59. You can do it at your own pace. You can do one semester a year if you want. And it's something that will take you and train you on the prophecies of the Bible, but also the understanding the Bible. Most people that I talk to, now not everybody obviously, but most people don't have a full grasp on what the Bible is, the thesis behind the Bible and everything. So, um, understand the Bible. Keys to spiritual growth. When you say, what's the keys to spiritual growth? Some people would look at you and go, I, I don't have a clue, Dave. What are you talking about? The keys to spiritual growth. And then the life and teachings of Jesus Christ. And then Satan defeated, sonship restored. Those, are include, those semesters are included in the Jerusalem Prophecy College, jerusalemprophecycollege.com. So it's very important you understand these things. My prophecy, my prophecy conferences, I'm putting the lesson together for the next year's prophecy conferences. It's going to be an overview of the 1 through 14 Understand the End Time DVD series with some updates in it because if you don't understand those prophecies, it will be virtually impossible for you to understand this end-time scenario that we're living through. You're going to be stuck. The world government, what's, what's Joe Biden doing? What's the sustainable development goals? What's Joe Biden doing to America? I mean, all of this stuff, if you understand the concepts that are given in the Understanding the End Time DVD series 1 through 14, it helps you. You can look at the world events from a, a biblical, prophetic perspective and say, Oh my goodness, I understand where we're at on the timeline. I know how close we are to the second coming of Jesus Christ. This is what Joe Biden's doing. I know that Russia won't do this because they're going to be in alignment with Europe. All that stuff is included in that DVD series. So all that is found at endtime.com. Check it out. Uh, Very, very important. So, okay, uh, let's go to some calls. Charles in Virginia. God bless Charles. Welcome to End of the Age. Hey, God bless you. How you doing? Thank you, sir. I get... uh, Listen, I'm going to set my question up a little bit. Yeah. 
we see the Eagles' wings listed in the final three and a half years, but at Armageddon, yes, we don't sir. see the Eagles' wings anymore. Yes, sir. So for the world-governing armies to come against Israel, I believe the United States is going to be a non-factor. Right. Okay, so my question is about when I was reading Matthew chapter 24, verse 22, mm-hmm. uh, the other night, I looked at it in a new light. And the scripture says, and unless those days were shortened, no flesh would be saved. But the, for the elect's sake, those days will be shortened. Yes. So my question is, I think most of the world's population uh, will be dead at the return of Jesus Christ. And uh, I'll take my question off the air. Thank you. Thank you. Um, so the thing is, Charles, the Bible says in World War III, Revelation 9, verse 13 through 21, one-third of the world's population is destroyed. However, two-thirds of the world is, are, uh, survives that. Um, so then we make it through the final seven years, and we come to the Battle of Armageddon. The Battle of Armageddon will be the armies of the world world-governing armies coming down against Israel to battle, and it will be a, um, localized right there in Israel. So it's not going to be a global war. World War III will. Revelation 9, the sixth trumpet, will be a global war. The Battle of Armageddon will not. So the two-thirds of the people, uh, the population that survived World War III, most of them will make it to the Battle of Armageddon. Now, there will be a lot of people killed at the Battle of Armageddon. But most of them, most of them, there will be some Israelis that are killed. There will be most of the people that are killed are the armies that come down against Israel to battle because God's going to pour His wrath out upon them and just about annihilate those armies. The hailstones, everything that's going to happen, those will be focused on the armies that come down against Israel to battle. So I don't really see them being wiped out. Most of the world's population being wiped out at the Battle of Armageddon. We know that there will be mortals that live into the 1,000-year millennial reign. Of course, that's when the church is raptured. So I don't really see them being wiped out, killed. There will be some, but not most of the world. Now, when you talk about um, Matthew chapter 24, 22, it says, except those days should be shortened, there should be no, no flesh saved, but for the elect's sakes, those days shall be shortened. The Bible does talk about in the fourth trumpet about the shortening of the days. And we believe that that has already happened, that time is sped up with the process of globalization and that that happened back during in uh, about 89 with the tearing down of the Berlin Wall when time sped up because it was between the um, third trumpet in 86 and the fifth trumpet in 1991. And so, um, however, I, you know, so in my opinion... It, that would be that's what this is referring to here, and that um, you know things will come down, people will be persecuted, and the Bible says if not for the elect's sake, those days should be shortened. So um, even the elect, and I want to say this: this brings up another topic. But I'll have to go through it real quick. But the thing is, I know that even the elect, if they're not careful and holding and uh, living for God and being diligent about their salvation, there would be possibility that if, the Bible says, if possible, the very elect would be deceived. I know, I have people that I am affiliated with that were once born again, living the truth, 
that have moved off of that into religions that are not in the truth. I've seen that happen over the last few years. And I'm, I'm like, you, I'm, I'm thinking, you've got to be kidding me. We're right here at the end, and you're moving away from the truth? What are you doing? Now, most people are staying with the truth. I don't want to give you some kind of a false uh, impression of what's going on, because the, great, the, the falling away, that's happened years ago. Many people are being saved. God's church and the kingdom is expanding. However, I know some people, even in the ministry, that have moved away from the truth into false doctrine. And I'm thinking, what are you doing? Are you out of your mind? You have to be out of your mind. To move awful away from the truth into false doctrine right here before the end? No, folks. No, 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 no. Hold to the doctrines that were taught to us in Scripture because the Bible says in doing so, you'll save, to your, you'll save yourself and them that hear you. Don't move, off of false do- don't move off of the truth into false doctrine at this late hour. Come on. What are you guys doing? Okay, I highly doubt that they're listening to me today, but they should be. Okay, let's move on. Um, Will, right here in Texas. God bless Will. Welcome to End of the Age. Hey, How you Dave. doing, Will? How's it going? Can you hear me? I am doing great, my friend. How are you? Good, good. So I have a really quick question. It's just your opinion on it, and I'm going to try to go through really hey, quick. Hey, I know, who, I know which Will this is. <laughs> Come on, yes, man. Sir. How you doing, my friend? Great, great, great. Good, good, good. You know, okay. Yeah, this is the first time I've ever called in. So. Oh, man, I recognize um, your voice. I'm happy to see you. I need to get together again. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. So, yep. so my question is, and it's just, I guess it's just going to be your opinion about it. Yeah. So when, and it's, it's kind of, it's, it talked about the two witnesses, and it goes along with the, uh, the abortion. So mm-hmm. when, Jesus, when Moses was born, they had all the, the males killed, right? And that was Pharaoh, to my understanding, right? Yes. And then when Jesus was born... I think it was Herod that wanted all the males killed because they were afraid that the king was coming. Yes. So they did. It. So we all know that Satan put it in the minds of these people to kill these young males. So I, the way I see it, Satan has convinced man no longer to wait until after they're born, but to kill them while they're in the womb. In my opinion, I think Satan is doing that because he couldn't stop Moses from coming. He couldn't stop Christ from coming. So I think now his objective is to try to stop the two witnesses come, from coming. Mm-hmm. And it's just, I want your opinion on it. Yeah, so I again, that would be speculation on my part. I can see something, tr- Satan trying to do it in something like that. However, at this point, they're killing both male and female. And I, I believe, in my again, in my opinion, that the two witnesses would be two male figures. The Bible calls them two prophets, not two prophetesses. Um, and in the Bible, they liken women unto as prophetesses. And so um, I don't know if I could prove that scripturally, Will, that the Satan's trying to, that he's, you know, it's all about abortion, that abortion is, would be Satan's effort to try to kill the two witnesses. That's possible. However, I don't, again, speculation, I don't know if I could prove that scripturally, right. Uh, right. but I, I understand your perspective, though. Um, but Moses was going to be a savior of the people, a deliverer, and Jesus was going to be a deliverer of the people, and Satan had to wipe them out. The, the two witnesses, they're going to be a force for God in the end time. It is possible that he's trying to do that. 
Um, but man, he sure is killing a lot of babies trying to get that done. If if that's the case. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just an opinion. I just want your opinion on it. Yeah, yeah. And really quick, really quick, a lot of people think that there's a pre-trib rapture. I don't, and right. you don't. So how are these people that believe that, how are the two witnesses going to, you know, do God's will? Are they going to do it without the authority of the Holy Spirit? Because a lot of people think that the right. Holy Spirit won't be here and the rapture will happen. And yeah. I'll take that the rest of that off. All right, Thank Will. Thank you so much. Hey, thanks left. for calling, my friend. So the that's the that's one good point that Will made because my father-in-law Irvin Baxter was talking to a, a pastor friend of ours years ago, a very influential pastor friend of ours, and the guy believed in a pre-trib rapture. My father-in-law obviously believed in a post-trib rapture, and people that believe in a pre-trib rapture believe that the church and the Holy Ghost will be removed from the earth, so that the Antichrist will be able to work during the tribulation. However, If you think about it, the two witnesses, their ministry is going to be the final three and one half years prior to the second coming of Jesus Christ. So if that's the case, if the Holy Ghost being removed from the earth, how are the two witnesses able to do everything they're they're able to do? Because they're going to be full of the Holy Ghost. The, The Holy Ghost will give them power to do what they're doing. But if the Holy Ghost is removed from the earth, how are the two witnesses able to function during the end time. Well, it simply would be impossible. And so that's the case when we talk about a post-tribulation rapture is that the Holy Ghost will be here. The Bible says that the greatest time of revival the world has ever known is prophesied to occur during the Great Tribulation. Revelation chapter 7. There's no way to have a revival without the Holy Ghost being here, right? It's impossible. And so how could people be born again? How could people be saved? So Oh, man, this, the, the pre-post-trib debate, uh, it just goes on and on, doesn't it? Hopefully there will come a time after World War III, after the peace agreement signed, after people start to build the third temple, that people will realize, wow, we're going to be here during the Great Tribulation. Wow, I'm sorry that I didn't get to all the calls. I want to say God bless each and every one of you. You have a great weekend, and be safe out there, everybody, and make sure you're ready to meet the Lord. This has been End of the Age, brought to you by the faithful partners of End Time Ministries. If you're not currently a partner with End Time Ministries, or if you would like more information, we invite you to call us at 1-800-END-TIME. That's 1-800-363-8463, or visit us online at endtime.com.